This podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkmyths.org to discover more shows like this one. The darkness awaits. everyone and welcome to this jungle tomb raiding uncharted adventure as we go down the fabled path of the indiana jones series okay. saga what do we want to what, what is it called because it's not a trilogy anymore nobody I don't know. Your beginning. I thought you were talking about. We were going to talk about Laura Croft. I'm. I'm going to get to <laughs> to that, and it's something that will come up constantly in this okay series. But I just wanted to point out, you've got me, Indiana Zinger. Oh, and you've got me. Why did it have to be Snakes Ellie? Ooh, nice. <laughs> and as always, we are joined by a very special guest, sir. Introduce yourself. Uh, you can call me Todd, the unnamed bad guy villain in this movie. <laughs> Aw, hi Todd. <laughs> yes, we are joined by the great David Ginsburg, and I, I just want to ask before we get into this, have you discussed this being someone's favorite fandom yet on your show? You know, I do not believe I have discussed it, and I found out today when I was talking to my wife that this is the lone Indiana Jones movie that she has never seen. Wow. Fascinating. I know. Did did, did you remedy that? Uh, We have not had the time to remedy that, but it will will be uh, upcoming at some point. All right. Awesome. Well, of course, we are talking about, I'm sure you read the title card, but if you did not, we are starting, of course, with the chronologically second film technically but that will come up in a later episode we are starting with the first movie to come out yes indiana jones and raiders of the in the raiders of the lost ark so um if you're a star wars fan if you're into spielberg this is like a nice mesh of both of those considering the fact that spielberg of course directed Harrison Ford star George Lucas was involved in this in some people's minds is one of the, is one of the greatest um, series in all of cinema so I don't know if anyone wants to have that quick discussion now because I'm I'm I, I'm it has been a while since I watched this movie and I was very impressed with how well it is aged and just the amazing cinematography and how it was shot I, I just just awestruck at like Spielberg being Spielberg back in the day or am I just fanboying here, people? You're not fanboying. It is remarkable. It definitely stands up the test of time, especially for a movie made all the way back in, uh, what is it, the, the 80s, 86? I'm double-checking that date right now for you, and it is 1981. 81, that's right. Pre-Justin. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Pre, yes, it, pre-Zinger, technically. <laughs> It, it's it does it stands up incredibly well and just even like reading over the facts on like Wikipedia or the different websites yesterday was just really eye opening about how they they did this movie and is it's just almost like a master in like uh, like editing or just uh, setting up the visuals and mm-hmm. whatnot. So 
I, I, I want to go over the plot real quick, and we're not going to try to do any amusing over the top stuff, I think, yet with the plot. I think maybe one of the other movies we might do that with. But the basic plot of this movie is in the, in the year 1936, an archaeological professor, which I will get back to the very interesting point that he is a professor that teaches at a university. I'll get back to that in a second. Everyone put a pin in that real quick. Because I want to have a discussion point on that. Named Indiana Jones is venturing into the jungles of South America in search of a golden statue. Unfortunately, he is set he sets off death traps and all other stuff in his attempt to get this golden idol. And does successfully get it out of said, I guess, temple, only to be thwarted once again by Oh my gosh, it doesn't... Rene Belloc. Belloc. Yeah, yeah. I, sorry, I, I lost my place on the notes. And I was like, I just completely <laughs> that missed is, it. That is shameful, you needed the notes. I just wanted to make sure I was getting it correct. Mm-hmm. Ellie, you finish it up. I don't even know where you left off. Well, you, we Can't you just describe it in your own words? Ugh, fine. So he is informed by a museum curator that they have an opportunity to basically go after the fable that the nazis are kind of searching all over the place for ancient relics which by the way in the real world of reality they did that like in real history um the nazis went out and tried to get all these ancient artifacts and stuff and did all these archaeological digs all over the world so points to this movie for being factually accurate and also casting um, easily one of the best vi- villains in history, the Nazis, because, I mean, yes. you, you don't need to really sit there and explain why the Nazis are bad right. or why he's trying to stop the Nazis. It's very, I, I like to say, self-explanatory to an extent. Anyways, he goes off on an adventure to, of course, has to go talk to one of his old colleagues who has passed, so he has to have a conversation with their daughter, who... Him and her had a relationship that is alluded to, but never really fully discussed, sort of, in the movie. Um, Nazis, of course, try to stop him there, but of course he punches them all, sets a bar on fire, and then she's basically waving a a, a um, talisman in his face going, I'm with you now, we're partners, which is a great scene, by the way. Yeah. And we forgot to do our top three scenes, so we'll get to that after I'm done terribly remembering this movie. Um, so basically they go to Cairo, Egypt, they meet up with Gimli, oh wait, sorry, another nerdy crossover in this. Yes, the actor, that is the actor who played Gimli. He is disturbingly tall for someone who played a character that is reasonably short in another series. And also, of course, Dr. Octopus was the, um, was his assistant at the beginning that got killed. Yep. Yep. So, so they. I. I don't know if I stole any nerdy facts from you there, David. It's okay. All right. And uh, basically, they find the coveted lost Ark, and it's of course a back and forth of the Nazis have it, Indy has it, the Nazis have it, Indy has it, and then it's finally opened, and we will discuss that later. But that's, I think, a terribly done, awesome synopsis of this movie. So, David, what are your top three moments from this movie? Oh gosh. Um. You know, this movie is the shortest of any of the Indiana Jones movies, and it's probably got the most scenes that I absolutely love, and it's really hard to pick. So 
I'm just going to put them out. There's no no particular order for them, but absolutely the the opening setup from probably like the first five to ten minutes of Indiana going in and tra- uh, getting that fertility statue, mm-hmm. and then run in with Belloc. Uh, that whole thing was amazing and just sets the tone. Uh, my second favorite is when they're digging in Cairo and it's either the sun is setting or the sun is rising and there's that shot Mm -hmm. of Indiana Jones just silhouetted against that sun. Yep. That's just perfect. And then, you know, I I really have to say the ending, which, spoiler alert, from 1981 when the... uh, When the Ark is being put into the U.S. government's warehouse, mm-hmm. that just that scene alone just blows my mind of where else could they go with this? What is going on? Tell me more. Like, give me more of this world. All right, Ellie, do you want to go next? Sure, I can. We should keep track of this this time because I feel like me between – let's have our guests go first, but between me and you, it's a toss-up. We'll roll dice against each other next time. Okay. No problem. Um, I would say one of my favorite scenes is when he's actually in the map room. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. It was just his face when he, you know, he's trying to figure out where the staff needs to be put into. Where he's so being that, an archaeologist. Yeah, when the, when the sunlight mm-hmm. comes through and then it, it shines upon and he can realize where to dig. It, it's just like the, ah, moment. Yes. It's, it's just yep. kind of neat. It's fun. I, I do like that part a lot. Um, I would say the iconic boulder. I, it's just really cool that, that part of the scene where the boulder is coming down. It's been referenced so many times it's amazing how much this movie has been pop culturally referenced but once again put a pin in that people we'll discuss more of that later i'm sure exactly but yeah just the that scene where the he's running from the boulder um i think that and then david's right it really is hard to pick top three Mm -hmm. because there are so many scenes throughout the movie that are just really cool um Gosh, I had a really hard time with this one, just trying to pick a third one that I thought is kind of better than all the others. Um, I would say probably one scene that I find very comical is when he is teaching and the girl has the stuff <laughs> wrote on her eyelids. It's it's just adorably classic. I, I love it. It's just really funny. Um, you know, just the whole hot teacher type of thing. So I think that's one that usually stands out for me as well. But like I said, tons and tons and tons of great scenes in this movie. So, well, mm-hmm. uh, I have crossover with both of you for all three of mine. Okay. Ironically, uh, the opening scene, mm-hmm. of course, I'm, I'm just including all of that because it's a okay. great setup. I, I to, to make a very, very, if I want to finite it a little bit, I, I love the boulder. I love the running, you know, right. I hate snakes. You know, all that stuff. I love all that. But if you want to know what really got me with this movie, like, remember as a kid watching it, the scene where the whip cracks, the gun goes off, and he steps out of the shadows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is just such a, just, you you don't even need this character explained. Like, he is a guy who's completely capable of doing whatever's about to happen. 
and I really like that setup in no words whatsoever, just an action. So I, I really like that as a setup. But like I said, of course, it kind of funnels in, but I'm, I'm finiting that one little point is like my favorite point of that point. Um, of course, the map room I think is great. Him mm-hmm. actually being an archaeologist and doing all that stuff is really cool. Um, and finally, the we have top men working on it. <laughs> the end scene, of course, with with the endless, endless rows of what is all this stuff. Right. So I, I really liked all of it. It was a great kind of initial setup to a series that, that, that would go on and left a lot of unanswered questions and a lot of stuff to, to look forward to in the later movies as well. So, so yes. And, and I, I did want to kind of piggyback off of one, too, as like an honorable mention, even though, like I said, uh, kind of like what David said, too, not, none of these are in any particular order. They're just all things <laughs> I love. But um, kind of go off of what you said about just him being an archaeologist. Uh, that also reminds me of that scene where he's standing there with a rocket launcher and he just physically can't do it and the guy knows that he can't do yeah. it because his love of just treasures and just all of this stuff and i thought it was neat this 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 you could really see the struggle in his face of mm-hmm. like he really wants to save her and he wants to take care of the bad guys but he just can't bring himself to destroy this piece of this, this history relic. yes yes so i i thought that was that's a pretty impactful scene as well definitely like i said th- this movie is hard to narrow down three and i think that's gonna yeah. be a problem we're gonna continue to have throughout the indiana franchise but i just i it's something we always except do except for maybe one when the time comes ellie um i think you'll be surprised on my opinion interesting um <laughs> so just another point i want to make and this is something david mentioned i also mentioned how is it that in a first movie of a of a us being introduced to a character we feel like this character has already existed or has an iconic iconicness to him because han solo with a whip you're not wrong, but the reason I'm saying this is because there's multiple scenes where he is introduced where you just see a silhouette of him. Yeah. Or, you know, he's putting on the hat. I don't know what what triggered in a lot of people's minds, but this felt like someone who was already set up as just like, you can know who they are just by their silhouette. And I I really enjoyed that it took like... It wasn't like the sequel movie where everyone was clapping, would be clapping. It's it's in its It's in its first incarnation of a movie... That people would have clapped to see, you know, in the bar scene where, you know, you see his shadow somehow really weirdly cast gigantic on the wall. And you instantly are like, oh, it's mm-hmm. indie. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, and of course they play on that more in other movies. But it's just, it's so cool how that, it took not even a movie to introduce and have that set up as, this is the guy. This is him. Just wanted to make that point real quick. So I, I, I just really, really like the way they did that. You want to talk about him being a professor now? Because I've got some points I want to make on that. Because it's kind of weird, isn't it? No, I think it's very fitting. It's kind of his, it's his cover for, um, I mean, you know, he can have the professor and then he goes out on his little sabbaticals to 
hunt which down is these pretty treasures. often apparently well I, but i'm just saying like you know professors I, do that they go on sabbatical so i want to take his class <laughs> i would because too, i as know long as he's there though because apparently he's not there a lot so no but it would be great because <laughs> if there's some assignment i'd be like oh man i really hope he's not here this week <laughs> except if you're a lady and then gone to egypt on his classroom door yes I mean, I see what you're saying in some aspects, but I think it does work really well. Just like I said, just because of the fact that um, what better thing for him to do is talk about history I, and, and these ancient things. I feel like a lot of people would say that, you know, archaeology, history, like doing that history stuff would be a boring class. And I know that it would be kind <laughs> him doing it. I know he's like, no, this is like. Because this this was back during like when's discoveries like this were were mm-hmm. things when people were discovering stuff, so he it really would have been cool to hear from someone like him not 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 not, not the whole adventure side of it you but know shooting he... at people but someone who may have gone to these you know ancient cities and seen this stuff for the first be one of the first people to see it in in hundreds of years. But I can't. And I can't remember if somebody wants to help me out here because it's been a while since I've seen some of the other ones as well. But does he really, I don't think his students know that he does that stuff on the you side. You can kind he, he, it's, I don't know if they know he does it, but he implies that he's been to a lot of these archaeological digs and stuff. Because when he's talking about, you know, the graves being in certain places, mm-hmm. he talks as if he's been to that site. Okay. Mm-hmm. And seen it. I just himself. don't think they know of like how intense oh, I don't think, it is. So. I don't think. Well, I don't think every archaeological site is like that. If right. it is, I got into the wrong career path, and maybe I should have just sat there as a kid with a whip and a hat and been like, "I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be an archaeologist." And everyone's like, "That's not what an archaeologist is, Justin." I'm like, "I don't care." What's <laughs> Oh my god! I wish I was making that up, but I'm pretty sure there was a time where I had a whip and a hat on and tried to. Probably. Tried to do that. I would believe it. Yes. And I don't want to disclose the age because it was older than you... Pro- it's it's older than you think it is. <laughs> Two years ago. No. <laughs> Earlier today. <laughs> no, but I... I feel like... Oh, go ahead. No, no, go, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I feel like um, they even set it up with the discussion that he has at the beginning about uh, working under Abner Ravenwood mm-hmm. that he probably did that as it's like early obviously earlier than what what he is now and then he does I, it, it feels to me like he does his teaching and then he'll go to those places on like spring break or summer or take right a good a good chunk of time off to go do the exploring or do do the the archaeological sites or recovery or whatnot but it feels like he has like a, a good work-life balance for the most part mm-hmm. um it, you know he he did he was trying to to go after Belloc and go to Marrakesh and and do that like spur of the moment and I almost wanted to have his uh his colleague be like uh, you got some classes to do you know you got to keep this up yeah but I'm sure that there is probably some sub teacher he substitute teacher he has where half the people aren't in there when they're like oh it's not him especially the female variety apparently <laughs> that, that's what teaching assistants are for yes exactly and his probably does not get did not get paid enough mm-hmm. for having to probably just teach the entire class but no i mean I, I i like that they're set up in this movie of it's not just straight action it's also setting up that you know he's his his motive is he wants to preserve this he's doing it for his his concern was not him getting paid it was the museum 
you know, once the once the U.S. government's done with it, the museum gets it, right, right, right. Like, mm-hmm. I, I making him more of a genuine um, kind of he's he's not in it. He's in it. Well, I guess he's kind of in it for his own thrills. But once that's done, he's sort of like, eh, you can do whatever with the stuff. I I had my adrenaline rush for the day. <laughs> and also, I, I really like how they portrayed him when they were discussing stuff about, like, he went through the whole history of the arc and stuff like that. They, mm-hmm. they really did a good job of spouting out exposition, but doing it in a way that was interesting and also showing us as viewers that this character once again, is not only a capable adventurer, but also a very capable in his knowledge of the ancient world and of ancient societies. Right. Yes. Yes. Um, David, you said that you looked up a few fun facts about this. I wonder if you could throw a few at us real quick, aside from the spoiler ones I did of um, Doc Ock from Spider-Man 2 is in this at the beginning, and also Gimli is the um, his buddy in Cairo. Yep, that I, that one, those two were on my list. Uh, Doc Ock, Alfred Molina, mm-hmm. that's his first uh, film debut or film uh, credit. Uh, of course, John Rhys-Davies played Gimli and uh, was in a few other films as well, just, you know, fandom type stuff. But one of the things that stood out to me, and I, I, I can't believe you're not referencing it, is that Megatron is in this movie. Um... Frank Welker did the monkey sounds for that little monkey <laughs> running around Cairo. I, I was going to say, who did he play? And then before that, those were, I'm like, it's going to be some animal. He's going to yep. have either been the snakes, the entire pit of snakes. He's going to have been like the sound of the airplane taking off at some point. Something crazy, but yes, I can see that. Yes, the voice of Megatron, also the voice of Freddy from, Sco- Freddy from Scooby-Doo. Um, and the voice of probably um, Nibbler from Futurama. Um, basically, yep. almost any animal sound you hear in most stuff. Also, um, there, there's another one. Um, Santa's Little Helper from The Simpsons. He does the barks for Santa's Little Helper. Yes. Um, a, a apparently, from a lot of things I've seen and a lot of stuff, um, like he is one of the most incredible people to see work. Because they can be like, hey, can you do a flock of geese? And in one take, he'll do a flock of geese. So... Um, yeah, well, and, a- and I have to mention all uh, all of my fantastically sci-fi nerdy people out there. Where else is um, is Mr. Davies from? Mr. Gimli. What he, else? He said other fandoms, so I guess you're going to explain what those other fandoms are. Sliders! Oh. I love sliders. Does anybody else love sliders? Or is it just me? Nobody else? Sliders. I never watched it. <gasps> oh my god! I know Zinger hasn't. Well, for you on tw- on Twitter or Facebook, <laughs> let us know if you've watched Sliders. Have you heard of Sliders? Actually, Are there's you even a better me? one. I love Slide. I could talk about Sliders all day. Sorry. What uh, was he in? Anything else, that, um, David or who? John Rhys Davies. Yeah. I'm just not... uh, he's in a lot of a lot of things. I I recognize him from, from obviously Lord of the Rings and Indiana Jones, but he is also in a uh, in the series a, vi- a video game series called Wing Commander. Once it oh. hit Wing Commander three, and they were doing the full motion video, he was in that and in, in that series with Mark Hamill for a while. Ah, intro. And there's another connection to Star Wars, but um, I'm sure everyone knows the. The other connection to Star Wars within this, aside from George Lucas working on it, um, there's actually a few. 
There's yeah, there's a couple of them in there. Um, Ellie, do you know of any? Because I did mention one to you. Hmm. The call letters on uh, Jacques' plane. Oh yes. C three PO. Yes. Also, when his plane starts, that. it makes a um, makes a blaster sound. Right? Yeah. Yeah. When the plane starts, it goes. Can you scroll up just a little bit? What? <laughs> oh my God! Nacho fries are back at Taco Bell. <laughs> I saw- All right, David. So, what other Star Wars <laughs> references exciting. are there in this? Uh, when when they are getting the arc out of the Well of Soul, uh, C three and R two D two are in the hieroglyphics um, in the background. Oh my gosh! Now that's so cool for our longtime listeners. There is a crossover between Star Wars and. Indiana Jones. Does anyone remember what that was? What that is in reference to? I do. Ellie, do you remember even? Um, you're silly. Too many episodes Ellie has done, people. <laughs> um, all right. So, David, what is the crossover? There is a crossover. You mentioned it on one of the episodes mm-hmm. where they uh, Indiana Jones sees what looks to be a, a Bigfoot. And it's actually Chewbacca, and he. I think there was a skeleton that he came across, and it was Han Solo. And I'm not sure more oh, of that details. Yeah, that. I've never okay. read that. Yes, it. it they. He now. comes across a crashed um, ship, and it is the Falcon, but it's covered in moss and stuff. And there That's is a skeleton right. of um, Han Solo. So yes. So yes, and the the um, Bigfoot creature is alluded to be. Chewbacca, of course. So yes, there there is another crossover. Not not mentioned in this movie, but like I said, just wanted to throw that out there for any longtime listeners. And apparently, Ellie's, um, <laughs> I want to say goldfish like memory, but goldfish actually have decent memories. I was just distracted by the nacho fries, and that's going to be an ongoing thing tonight. Um, another, th- <laughs> there there is one more scene I wanted to mention. It was the fight outside of the um. Outside the plane. Every time, every time I think of that fight, I think of Disney because of the the park that they have. Yep. Yes. Yeah. The the um where the the Indiana Jones stunt show. Yes, it's so fun. I love it. No, I I I, it's a great fight. Um, it's 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 just kind of great because it's just this guy that just walks out and he's like, oh, I'm gonna go punch him. (laughs) <laughs> like it's, it's someone who could have easily just walked up and he's like no and he's like come on come on and he's like and just I, I just really enjoy that scene also if I remember correctly isn't this it was it was this movie that, that caused the PG-13 rating to be created correct Um, I know it was R at the beginning and then they did um they got the R rating at the end of the movie, and they put like the the flames in front of some guy's melting face to make it uh, a lesser rating. I don't think this is what what started PG thirteen though. I'm gonna look that up real quick because I swear, um, it was it it was one of the indies, and I'm like I feel like it was this one, and I think and. You know the sad part? I've talked about this on a recent episode of either Zingness or whatever other shows I've been I on. Was, I, hmm? I think it was our, I think it was when you came on on uh, Tales from the Fandom and we it, had that discussion. 
Yeah. I was about um, to it say. Was a- it was after Temple of Doom and Gremlins, which had received PG ratings. Um, Steven Spielberg advised uh, the MPAA about uh, move- getting some uh, PG-13 ratings. Because I forgot about, like, I mean, not that it, I care or mind, but there is a lot of blood in this for PG. Yeah, but once again, because it 13 didn't exist. Yep. So. I mean, <laughs> if that's what you want to call it. it. I mean, it's pretty, just like the scene where he gets shot in the car, in the truck. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looks like ketchup packets mm-hmm. that are exploding on the windshield. So it's not exactly like super realistic blood, um, but it's. Yeah, I mean it is. I, I would say the the face melting and some of that is more horrifying than just him getting shot. And, I was going to get splat. to that. Well, I mean, you mm-hmm. can still talk about. I'm just saying. I think some of the other scenes were more horrific than than the blood itself. Somebody getting their hand burned. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty brutal. For I but like I said I mean obviously Spielberg had a point when he's like hey maybe we should create like a middle rating because um well and I completely forgot about the the fight scene outside of the plane with him walking into the <laughs> yeah where he gets hit with the yep. and it just yes. blood I mean just red just splatters yes I completely forgot about that part but um yeah <laughs> oh okay it I I was looking I was like I thought this got nominated for visual effects and it was. Uh, Indiana Jones film only Indiana Jones film in the franchise be nominated for Best Picture Oscar. Correct. Yes, I I was trying to look up to see if if it was for special effects and tell Ellie how dare you question the the, the Academy. Oh, the, well, I mean back then it would have been obviously different standards um, than today, but I um I kind of want to talk about for a little bit the. Just kind of the the romance between Marion and mm-hmm. Indy. I thought it was very cute, and so cute that they maybe even have a kid later. Up, oh. <gasps> what? But I um, I thought it was well placed because they had a couple moments, but it wasn't distracting from the movie. Like I feel like so mm-hmm. many movies nowadays try to just just choke you down with the the love story in it yes. when it's not necessary and and I like the way they set this up there's obviously history between the two you know and just just the I'm a I don't know maybe guys appreciate it too but I'm a girl and I I just I love the scene when they're on the boat and he's being pouty about how he hurts and you know and she's like and he's like it doesn't hurt here and how about here? And it's just cute. Like it's it's not overbearing, but it, and, and it's you kind of feel bad for him. You're like, oh man, you know they they. they even tried. she says. Even she makes the comment too. Like they just can't catch a break. Yeah, yeah. You just Indiana Jones. You just can't catch a break. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I I do love the the hint of romance in it, but it's not overbearing. And and she. I, She's oh, a very ahead. capable character in her own right, too. Right. I, I say a, that... She's a scrapper. I say that because there is a statement that will be made in about a month on the follow-up to this when we do Temple of Doom. I'm sure 
Whoever's on that or myself might make a comment, and I want to make sure now to point out that this that this movie had a strong female character in it. And and that's what I was going to say is I love her character, uh, with her establishment of work like having that bar in Nepal and drinking those the the people under the table, and still being able to fight in the the bar fight basically. And I think. I think she rigged that game because there is no way she was that capable afterwards. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not saying that because she's a woman or anything. I'm saying that because she's a human. <laughs> and there's no way anyone should have been able to be that capable after drinking allegedly that much. Well, she she is just amazing i i i think the one thing that i wish i wish that they had shown a little bit more of her being like an equal partner to indy and having them be on somewhat of the same footing with um with with regards to like her having some knowledge with her being around her basically no i mean that 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 is a good point Uh and it's and it's um kind of alluded to that that she's very knowledgeable but it's never like like you said it's it's mm-hmm. only alluded to. It's never really fleshed out, which is which is sad. I mean, it's not like I, I'm I'm trying to think. I mean, it would have given a little bit more to the movie, and it would have had a few more scenes. That that would have been nice. But they they had a they had a nice dash of of enough archaeology and and nerdy nerdy talk in there. I think to where it kept right. it both as action and adventure and historical documentary. <laughs> I mean, prove me, prove that this didn't happen. I, I think, I think it was well done though the way they did it. I think that back in the day when this was made, it wouldn't have felt right if she was more on equal footing. Just because it was from the early '80s, and that. Um, I don't want to sound bad because, you know, obviously women, equal rights, all that good stuff. But I think I just I think it would have been that time period wouldn't have worked as well if she was equal with Indy because it just you mean socially not, it right. wouldn't have. You mean not only the film, it's when the film was made, but the time period it was set in. Right. Too. That's what okay. I'm saying. It's just it. I don't think it maybe nowadays totally but, but, but at least it showed her you know she owned the she had that oh, right. bar and everything I no mean, that, she was totally a strong character and everything i'm just saying i don't i don't know if her having more you know if they would have shown her as more knowledgeable and more equal to indy i just don't think it would have worked for that i for that time also want to say excluding a certain movie um it would have been kind of a head scratch on why she wasn't around for more of the movies then Mm-hmm. Cause, that, that is yeah. true. Because, because that I mean, obviously, Temple of Doom take is a technically takes place prior to this. If you want to, I mean, not if not if you want to go with that, it, it actually does. And um, of course, Last Crusade takes place after this, and of course, right. the other one takes place. Away. Anyway, it's just it's just if she had returned in one of the other two, or maybe. They had cast a different, or she was in actually Temple of Doom. We got to see some of their relationship beforehand. That would have been nice, but but I think they were trying to go the James Bond approach too, to where it's a different woman each film, maybe. I guess right. I, I don't know. They, they were because they, um, yeah, there was a uh, a thing where 
at the beginning of the movie when his colleague comes over and says, oh, yes, you can go after the the Ark. Apparently, there's supposed to be a woman in Indy's house that he was, like, with, but they oh. wanted to get away from, like, that James Bond feel, so they cut it completely out, And that's but that's why he's dressed so oh. nicely in that first. In that... Interesting. That's a very interesting one. You got any more fun ones? Cause that, that one is one I didn't know about. It just... Once you said it, I'm like, okay, that that makes sense. I don't know if you had any more fun facts there, David. Um, let's see here, fun facts. Oh, the the one the one major plot point that they did not include in the movie is why Indy knows what to do when the arc is opened versus um, everyone else, and it's because there's a passage in the Bible that says there's two rules with the arc: you don't touch it. And you don't look at it. And he was the only one that I guess apparently had read enough of the information to know that's why you don't touch it. Because that's why they have um, him and Sala get the uh, the wooden the wooden uh, beams to help like lift it and move it. And from that point on, no one touches it throughout the rest of the movie. Interesting. That because he just kind of says it out of nowhere, and you're just assuming like he's like up oh, there's something bad happening. Don't mm-hmm. don't look at it or something. Um, I know this is one that's going to get brought up, so I'm going to um, cut it off at the pass. So the infamous scene of him versus the sword fighter. A lot, I'm, I'm surprised. <laughs> I am surprised none of us mentioned it as our one of our favorite moments. Hmm. Ellie, do you know why? That scene was done that way. At one point I've read it, but I can't remember. David, is that something you know off the top of your head? or It, it is, because it's so famous. It's, it's one of those things I'll always know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was about to say, I, mind if I explain it, since you're the one full of fun facts today? Uh, go ahead. Um, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. I know he, was it food poisoning, or was he just sick? No, every everyone on the crew got food poisoning except for one person. But yes, that's why the scene exists. Okay, because I I couldn't uh, remember if he was just them. straight sick or if it was food poisoning. Which I mean, if you have yeah. food poisoning, you're sick. And um, they were sitting there trying to do the scene. It's hot. If you look, he he looks like a mess in that scene. Mm-hmm. And um, I think they were they were trying to do takes and stuff. And he just like he's just like, why don't I just shoot him? <laughs> yep. And, and once, once again, oh. Harrison Ford's improv, iconic. Yep. And the uh, the the one person who did not get sick during the filming in Tunisia was Steven Spielberg, because he, uh, I guess, shipped over or had uh, Chef Boyardee spaghettios. Nice. And that's all he that's all he <laughs> ate while he was over there. I didn't know that, but that is that is adorably awesome to know now because now I'm just assuming him sitting there. Um, every time they're shooting a scene, and he's like, "Cut!" and I don't Beans know why. For, straight out of the can. Yeah, I was, I was about to say for some reason the can's <laughs> yeah. like peeled back, and he's just right. got a spoon. Mm-hmm. He's just like, <laughs> "Mr. Spielberg, we, we can heat those up for you." No, 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 no. It's good this way. That's awesome. So I, yep. I did not know that, but that is that is actually very interesting. Now I want to now if we do more Spielberg movies, I want to know what was he snacking on during yeah. each of these movies. <laughs> I will have to see if we can find out. I want to know what it was for Jurassic Park. I want to say animal crackers. I want to say it's a very kiddish food every time. Hey, 
I crave Chef Boyardee every now and then, too. All right, so so I got a fun game real quick off the top of our heads. Name a Spielberg movie and what childish food he would have been eating during the filming of it. Um, I'll go with Jaws and Swedish Fish. That's that's solid. That's that's actually really funny. Oh, very good. God. Ellie, do you got any? I don't know. Off the top of my head. Um <laughs> Oh man, it's been a while since I seen Minority Report. It's a little ball, oh, right? That I, pop haven't, out. I haven't seen that one in forever. It's, it's like yeah. a little ball thing that pops out, right? That tells him. Yeah. And he's eating jawbreakers the entire time. Can you can he eat a jawbreaker? Or he just has jawbreakers <laughs> constantly. Like I like just... the big comically big ones. So he accidentally gets it mixed up with one of those balls and cracks a tooth. There. There is oh, that. Not, nothing from you, Ellie? How about The Adventures of Tin Tin and Scooby Snacks? I don't know. Oh, I will I will allow it. <laughs> That's a hard one. How about nacho fries? Nacho fries? Yes. Nacho fries. Okay. Oh, oh, you got back to it. No fair. Ready Player One and Nacho Fries. That would be more Funyuns. Funyuns I, and Mountain Dew. I don't Doritos like, and Mountain Dew. That's Doritos and Mountain oh, Dew. I don't like Funyuns, though. That's Doritos and Mountain Dew. Okay. That's, that's, that's definitely Doritos and Mountain Dew for that one. So... Um, David, do you have any more points you wanted to make? Because I have a thing I want to do for each of the wrap-ups of these films. Um, well, we already talked it was nominated for Best Picture. The, oh, uh, but before, oh, before one of our fans gets on us about this, the musical score for this is amazing yes. and very iconic. Right. There. I made that fan happy. Right, David? That's right. <laughs> right, exactly. And you know, I'll, I'll get to that. It is nominated for Best Picture, mm-hmm. uh, nominated for Best Director. Uh, it won in Art Direction, is nominated for Best Cinematography. It won for Film Editing, nominated for Original Score by John Williams, of yes, course. Yes, uh, It won in Sound. It won in Sound Effects Editing, and it won in Visual Effects. It's one of the, uh, I think... As far as Indiana Jones goes, it has like across the board with between the uh, between the Academy Awards and all the other like awards. It's it you know it's had like thirty or forty nominations just all over. Uh, definitely wins with like the Saturn Awards. And I wanted to to point out that that uh, that truck stunt that they did was with when he was dragged underneath the truck was actually him um doing the stunt they had attempted it on a previous movie not a spielberg movie the the stunt coordinator and he wasn't able to get it right and he was happy to be able to revisit it and they asked uh harrison ford afterwards you know why did you do the stunt and he said well if they were worried about the movie they wouldn't have done it so early in the shooting of the movie uh, because obviously he could have gotten injured, which he did. He, I think he either bruised some ribs or had something happen with the ribs, and he refused to go to the Tunisian um, medical. I'm assuming this is after. I'm assuming this is after the food poisoning incident. I, I believe so. I believe it's after. And then the one thing that uh, has always been said is that with this movie, 
they they cut down on shooting times like from it's supposed to be like six weeks to like four weeks Mm -hmm. um in tunisia and they said they they did a maximum of four um four shots so if they you know they didn't like it they went you know they did the second third fourth but then that was it like they they were really quick Uh, spielberg said he did not want to be be in tunisia that long (laughs) Um, that is actually interesting. I mean, for, for what they got, they must have they they've really knocked it out of the park with the, with the, what they've got. Then, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously. Um, Ellie, do you got any more things you wanted to point out before my final thing? Your final final thing. Yes. Um, not not my final final thing, but the final thing that I will ask at the end of every one of these. I I would say that. Um, my favorite item in the movie. Oh, are we gonna do this? Is this gonna be the the extra thing for the for the indie? Because I, uh, I thought about it, but I was like, I don't know. Is is the monkey? Hmm. Um. It was just uh, sweet justice when he ate the dates and. Why froze. was he? Why was he letting that monkey hang out with him for so long? I don't know. Everybody was letting the monkey hang out with them, and I'm like, why are you not suspicious of this random monkey that, like, right? would leave for a little while and then come back and... Keeps on, keeps on doing the How Hitler. <laughs> yes. Um, but it was very entertaining, the monkey. So, All right. yes. Uh, David, do you have a favorite, um, art, I mean, um, item from this movie? You know what? I like the uh, the staff's headpiece. I think that is just, it's just, I don't know. It, it's like iconic, especially with the scene that Ellie described at the beginning with the light coming through mm-hmm. and that that just glow once it hits where the Well of Souls is. Just that one piece between Indy having it and knowing what's on the front and the back of it versus the Nazis having just that burned imprint on, uh, on Todd's... Uh, on Todd's hand there. Yes, 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 yes. Um, mine would be, and I'm going to cheat here and say the whip in the hat. Is, okay. that, is that cheating? No. No. Okay. All right. If it's mine for every movie, then that's different. But but right. I, I'll, I'll go with the whip in the hat. So um, my, my, not final thing, but my final thing I want to ask at the end of each of these is, uh, I know for a while, and I know South Park did it to death, um, pointing this out. There was rumors that they were going to do a remaster of this. Much like the Star Wars remastered, where they would have recut stuff, updated the visuals, done all this stuff to it. As fans of fandoms and stuff like that, do you guys think that this would have been a good move, yay or nay? Well, I guess I'll, I'll go first. Is yeah, that... Ellie, Ellie just stares at me. Like, it's <laughs> like, you, you, you have to talk. Well, I'll, I'll go first and say that I think it's different because this is Spielberg's baby and not so much George Lucas as far as, like, the, the remastering and the recutting. I know that when I was reading, of course, on Wikipedia, that they did that they did do like a one-week re-release a couple of years ago in theaters. The only thing that they uh, did any changes for is just making the audio better. Mm-hmm. But they they refused to touch any of the visuals, and I feel I feel that this movie lends itself just so well to how it's shot, what it looks like. It doesn't need to have 
anything changed about it because it's just it's so well done with what they did and for the the type of movie that it's trying to be like that classic pulp noir mm-hmm. uh like grittiness like it, it just works it doesn't need anything else uh, i'll say it with this movie it is very iconic the way everything was shot all the stuff looks great star wars being redone is different because i mean it apparently did not meet George Lucas's expectations for. I mean, he he wanted like when technology caught up to what he could do. It was updated. This, of course, as David pointed out, is Spielberg's baby, and I'm um, I can't see them editing or changing anything. Like it, it just it wouldn't make sense, and it would just be you 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 you'd be messing with something that that's already borderline amazing. So I I vote no. No to recuts or any re-updating aside from like like audio touch-ups. I'm I'm willing to 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 let slide like like anything to touch up the film to make it more um, faithful to its original version. I am fine with, but anything to sort of redo that version and be like no 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 it should be this way is something that I'm I, for this particular movie. I say nay. Mm-hmm. Um, also, just want to point this out now. Um, and I'm sure we're going to point this out with many of the other ones. Does anyone off the top of their head know of any parodies that can be immediately mentioned that were based off of this movie? Any parody skits in any shows? Anything? Oh, man. Family um, Guy has on numerous occasions made jokes of Peter being in the attic and having the staff with the medallion on top of it to try to find something. And it's scene for scene shot the like they, they um, did it the exact same way. Family Guy's done a lot of these actually. They have the whole beginning thing where um where they have the Jacques start the plane and everything, and it's the entire family running out, and Meg's the one that falls down with all the darts in her back. <laughs> um I'm trying to think of some other ones that aren't Family Guy, but that's the one that keeps coming to mind with this. I know the Simpsons have Oh yeah, the Simpsons did it because Bart um because Bart runs away from Homer and Homer falls down and it's and it's a recreation of um, Homer. Homer's the boulder and Bart's the... I mean, the boulder thing's been done in almost everything. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, um, parody is the uh, finest form of uh, flattery. Isn't that, isn't that correct? Isn't that, isn't Imita- that the, Im- imitation. imitation. Imitation is the finest form of flattery. And I, I would like to think that you know everyone likes to make an homage to this amazing film in, in, cinema, in cinema history. And I, I'm excited to continue to do this series because um, it's it's a great one. I mean, we've already done some great series, some great other series and stuff, but uh, Indy's one that um, I don't really hear people talk a lot and take a deep dive into. So I'm excited to be able to do that on this um, on our podcast over the next few months. So um, I just definitely want to thank David for for being the first one on for this and for and, bringing. And, and you don't want me to answer either. Oh, sorry, Ellie. Go ahead. <laughs> Um, I'm going to be the oddball out. I, I'm going to say I would not be against... Um, oh, wait. Yes, you didn't even answer that I, question. I, I'm just saying. You just, just didn't want me to answer it, I guess. Because um, I knew you'd have an obscure answer. <laughs> I know you're going to anger Phil Rude. And he'll come <laughs> on here with such fiery vengeance that you won't even uh, know what hit you. Okay, first off... Um, Don't make me pull out Judge Zinger. Anyone can bring it on because I ain't scared. 
Obviously, I wouldn't say half the stuff that comes out of my mouth if I was scared about what people thought. Um, but the... I, I don't have a problem with them freshening it up as far as just giving it a, a little bit of a, a fluff to it. I don't have a problem with that. I don't want them to, like, remake it or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? But I, I don't see anything wrong with, with uh, putting a new putting a new dress on it so give you would little, say give, give it, it like a, a digital so, so you're saying give digital of you know kind of do the digital effects over some of the effects more practical effects that were used or are you just saying like a touch-up to make it look more i'm just saying just a little touch-up here and there to just kind of grind it out a little bit i i don't have a problem with that now do i care if they do it or not i don't really care i'm fine with what we have mm-hmm. but i wouldn't be like you know throwing stones at the TV, if if somebody brought it over, if it was made and somebody brought it over, I, I would watch it. Okay, it um, I'm going to say this real quick then, <laughs> since, since since I do have somebody who goes against the grain. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't there a version of, Spielberg, of Spielberg's E.T. released where they replaced the guns with walkie-talkies? Oh, oh was there? Yes, they did. Yep. Okay. Because the entire South Park episode where they were making fun of this whole situation, <laughs> and the whole premise was them... Because they, they did like a shot for shot, and there, there, there you go, there's another one, South Park. There's a shot for shot thing of Kyle having the, the rocket launcher, and it's it's the reverse of that whole thing. It's Spielberg and Lucas. and Well, but that's that's different. But, that's but that, changing but, the But that's the, the thing. He went back to E.T., and he's like, oh, I'm going to you know do some digital touch-ups, and he felt that the, the police officers having guns was a little too extreme in that scene, so they were digitally replaced with walkie-talkies. So can you imagine the entire scene with a ton of Nazis running around with walkie-talkies instead of machine guns? I mean, it'd be pretty funny. Actually, it would be kind of funny. <laughs> you know what? Do it. Yeah. <laughs> It, it it's the but, you can you can pick which edition you want to watch then that's fine you could make a fun uh fun night of watching that and and making silly comments so uh before we wrap this up can i just i i just want to throw out i and you, you'd mentioned it at the beginning with you know indiana jones this raiders of the lost ark really set the stage for a lot of movie oh i did point that, that out and i didn't it. even come back to it and, Thank and you, I David. Wanted to cut, well, I wanted to come back because there's a movie franchise that I fell in love with for two movies. I haven't seen the rest of them. Um, that I had told people, I said, this is our generation's Indiana Jones, and it was The Mummy with Brendan Fraser. Oh, God, no. Has, no, don't. Yes, I love that movie. I love The Mummy, and I love Mummy Returns. And anything else after that, I, I haven't seen. But I, I, do like, I do like Mummy as well. It's that same. You oh, know, that. Hold on, sorry, David. Care. That subtle of a response, Ellie. What do you mean? I thought you loved those movies. I do. I said I love those movies as well. It was well. subtle. I thought you were going to be like, "Yeah, <laughs> preach it, David. Tell them. Tell the people." <laughs> woo, woo, woo. Next week's episode. I'm still we're waiting. doing the mummy. I'm still waiting for a Waterworld episode. It'll come one day. I'll mm. I'll do it with you, Ellie, because I love Waterworld. <laughs> Thank oh, you. My God. That's going to be a round table of everyone. You just hear me. You just, you just hear this in the background every now and then. It's just me just hitting my head against the table. Whatever. You're a hater. Yes. We'll, we'll I li- see when I we do that episode. But I agree, David. I, I like the mummy. Well, the first couple. 
Yeah, I just think Rick O'Connell is very similar as far as like the style of Indiana Jones with mm-hmm. with he he's not he's not like the archaeologist, but he's got that adventurous spirit. You pair him up with uh with uh, uh gosh, I, the names of Sk- Evie and she's like they're, they're like a great pair. They're almost like Indian and Marion a little bit. I I will give it to you. The reason I was saying no is because I was like Ellie's gonna like be like yeah someone's on my side for this. <laughs> Whatever. We should do the mummy. How about the uh the the new mummy? Anyways, um <laughs> no, but I, I mentioned earlier like uh stuff that this influence obviously Tomb Raider, mm-hmm. um, Lost I mean, ugh, Uncharted is definitely. Kind of more of a modernized version of That's that. That's what I want. The, the Uncharted movie? Oh my god, yes. I, I feel like the Uncharted movie would be just a modern day Indiana Jones, though. Because that's exactly That's fine, what... but I, that's what I'm saying. I, I want that. I love that character. They did do the one with Nathan Fillion Well, that was the it. fan yeah, that, movie, it, though. It was so good. It mm-hmm. was actually really good. I, I did enjoy it. But fine. I, I'm biased, though. Nathan Fillion, I don't care what he does. So, the, so <laughs> yes, it, it did influence a lot. But my final, final question today is recast Indy. Who is it going to be? Oh, are, are we recasting from the 80s or recasting to now? If if we needed to do a let's 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 kickstart. A remake? A, a, no, 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 not, not, not a remake, but just, just like a new movie. It's going to be Indiana Jones, not the Indiana Jones 5. Harrison Ford's not involved. Hunt, Hunt, we are soloing this. We are soloing this where it's the okay. same character. But somebody else has to play him. Mm. Who do we get? God. Oh gosh, this is one I need to uh, to have. Fine, I'll be generic. I'll be a basic bitch. Nathan Philly. <laughs> what the what? what? <laughs> I, it works perfect. Works perfect. It's my vote. Okay, I, I've got one. Although I'm not, I'm not 100% sold on it, but. Um, it, it could go one of two ways, and I think the the one way is he's done too much of of you know themed movies that it'd be it'd be oversaturated. So hold on, I uh, I I'm gonna he, hold on real quick. I just want to show Ellie a picture of something real quick. Oh I, God, there, there is a reason for this. Uh, okay. 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 I, uh, okay. Uh, Ellie, I, okay. Ellie has this. Okay, I think my, that's what he's going to say, though. Yeah, that, that's why I showed you it. Oh, okay. Okay, my mainstream pick is Chris Pratt. <laughs> Got it! Yeah, he did. Because that's my pick. And, and, <laughs> and my subtle my subtle pick would be Sebastian Stan, a.k.a. Bucky Barnes. Ooh. Oh. Hmm. I, I, I was going to go with Pratt, too. I'm just like, I feel like he could pull it. I, and I, I do agree. The only reason I wouldn't pick him is because he's like the, like... Throw him in a franchise. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Even I mean, though Harrison prefer, Ford was kind of like I that. I prefer more scenes with less clothes. You doing okay over there? With Chris <laughs> Pratt. You were making comments about young Harrison Ford, Missy. He was beautiful back in the day. Are you kidding me? He was gorgeous. All right. No Chris Pratt, but he was gorgeous. Is that saying Chris Pratt's the better of the two? Yes. All right. Looks wise, yes. Alright. I even loved him back on uh, Parks and Rec with his fluffy days. 
<laughs> I, you know, David, I had to take that moment because I was like, I, I know what it's mine a good is. Choice. No, it's a good choice, though. I, I know, I, I know what yeah. mine is. So that's why I wanted to be like, I'm going to show you what mine is, Ellie, real quick. Just so when David says it, I'm not like, <laughs> oh, I'm just saying it. Doesn't. No, I, I was like Chris Pratt. I mean, his, yeah. his role in the new Jurassic Park movies yeah. are very kind of... Indiana Jones. Yeah, exactly. So I can see that. Plus, he's got that to where he can be very serious, but he can also be kind of. I I feel the okay. My. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, he did great in Jumanji. I was about to say Journey to the Center of the Earth. Why? Oh yes. (gasps) Oh, can we talk about that one too? I love that movie. It's fun. You know, I was going to wrap up this episode, I think, 15 minutes ago, but I'm somehow sorry. it kept going. I get distracted. Yeah. Cheese yeah. fries? Nacho fries? It's because they're so good with the cheese sauce. I and like you dip the it Sebastian Shaw, by the way. I really, I think that's a better, more serious indie. I do I was, like that. That is I a good I was going to say my only thing negative about Pratt is I feel, I, I know he can do serious, but mm-hmm. I feel feel he's too he can be serious but i feel like he would bring sort of a humor to the character that indy has a very dry like right in 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 indy's humor is sort of like he shoots somebody instead of sword fighting them like that's mm-hmm. like I, I i could see pratt doing it and it would be a quip too on top of it which right. i'm like that scene doesn't need a quip it's it the, the scene's the quip you don't need to quip the quip I'm starting oh, to wow. sound like Seinfeld. We're, we're getting into the 90s now, people. All right. On that note, David, thank you for joining us on our first adventure into the world of Indiana Jones. Yes. Uh, we will be, of course, returning next month with the Temple of Doom. And we will be doomed. Monkey brains. We will be doomed with our um guest on that one. Yes. I'm not going to say who, but we'll, we will definitely all be doomed to have them on with us but anyways speaking of our guest for this one david thank you very much for joining us um it was a pleasure to have you on as always um i think you've been a part of every one of our um film series minus spider-man because there's only three of them to pick from so maybe when we maybe whenever we finally do um into the spider-verse maybe we have you on for that maybe or water world you know that, that's not Spider-Man references, but okay. <laughs> that's right. going to be awesome. It's gonna, it, there's going to be like five people in that episode. <laughs> there's going to be five people and me banging my head. Whatever. It's fantastic. But, but where can people find you, sir, aside from all your numerous appearances on our show? Uh, beside my numerous appearances on your show, people can find me at tales from the fandom uh anywhere where you're listening to zing this you can find that show uh and i'm really active on twitter so you can find Mm -hmm. uh, me there at tales ft fandom and uh, i also do another show uh which is finally going to be coming out of hiatus uh tales from the five nations which is a savage world uh game system an rpg system but we D &D Baron, uh, which is really like pulp noir action. So if you like Indiana Jones um, or like Pirates of the Caribbean type movies, we just launched a, or we are going to be launching a new um, storyline with that kind of uh, feel to it. And that can also be found wherever you listen to Zeng this. And I've also had the pleasure of having uh, Zenger and Ellie on for number 
of episodes on on Tales from the Fandom, and it's always a pleasure to have you guys. It's always a pleasure to be on yes. with you, sir, and it's always a pleasure to have you on here. But I, I would like to challenge you, sir, oh. to within the next year get someone from Indiana Jones, a fandom of Indiana Jones, on there. Yes. I shall take that challenge up and see what I can find. All right. I, I just wanted to throw it out there. Because it's not that hard to cosplay as, to be honest. Whipping a hat. No, uh, apparently one of our mutual podcasting buddies does cosplay as uh, Indiana Jones. Ah, and wh- who would that be? Uh, Varmint's own uh, Paul Chomo. Ah, yes. I, I can definitely de- definitely see him in the role with the whip. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Um. anyways... Thank you very much for joining um, us on this first episode of our indie celebration. And we will, of course, as I said, be back, of course, next week with more nerdy topics, but next month with the next installment. So um, you can, of course, find Zingness wherever you find most podcasts. And if you just go down in the description, you can find all of our links to our social media stuff. Basically, just search Zingness, and I'm pretty sure you'll be able to find it. And that's spelled Z-E-N-G. This. All right, and as always, DJ Golden Boy, 89, play us out.